Welcome to Between the Times, podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian. My name is Ross Hodges, and I'm here with my good friend and fellow laborer, Pastor John Payne. We are unable to be uh, joined today by our other host, Dr. Gabriel Williams, but we hope to be back with him soon. Well, John, it's been a busy summer. Uh, it's been a hot summer, uh, but a busy summer. And um, you were recently in Brazil. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what you're doing there. Yeah, thanks, Ross. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to be back, but uh, a wonderful time in uh, Brazil. I was invited to speak at uh, two different conferences over there uh, this summer, uh, one in Belém, uh, which is in the northeast of Brazil at the mouth of the Amazon River, and uh, one in Maragogi, which is, uh, I don't know, 500, 600 miles south on the coast, and uh, both associated with the Presbyterian Church of Brazil, mm. and uh, a lot of really zealous uh, Reformed Presbyterians that were eager to hear uh, God's Word taught and, and preached, and uh, the main subject uh, was Reformed worship. Mm, that's wonderful. And one of the neat uh, things about it as well is uh, they offered to uh, fly Hans down as well, uh, my son. Oh, that's right. So didn't hurt to be in one of the soccer capitals of the world, I suppose. That's right. Yeah, we we had a we had a blast. Um, great father son time, and good. I have really uh, uh, formed a deep affection for my Brazilian brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, hope to uh, to be with them again in the future. Well, that's wonderful. It's encouraging to hear that. The Lord's work is being done all across the world, and it was encouraging for us as a church to have you be able to participate in that, but uh, we're also glad to have you back. And uh, today we want to talk a little bit about uh, church planting and uh, church government and how those two go hand in hand, and in particular with uh, the the ordination of officers. And uh, let me just start by asking you, what is sort of the goal with church planting and the ordination of officers, of, of leaders for the church, as far as what the purpose of that is and also what sort of timing um, church planters sort of shoot for. Yeah, so the goal from day one is to become a constituted church of the PCA. Uh, right now we are a mission church, uh, which means that we don't have our own Elders. We have a provisional session of elders, right. uh, which is uh, constituted of men from the Palmetto Presbytery in the M&A Committee who oversee this work, and also our mother church in Greenville, uh, Second Presbyterian Church. Uh, they, their session, and also uh, a financial oversight committee that takes care of all of our finances are also giving us accountability. So right. really we have a, a government accountability on two fronts. But it's not uh, our own. Right. It's provisional. Right. It's temporary, and uh, we we don't have our own elders and deacons uh, at the moment. So even though we don't have our own in-house session and diaconate, we're still not a lone ranger sort of church. Oh no, no. We have accountability. Probably more accountability than <laughs> than a church who just has its own session, right. uh, because we've got the. Uh, Presbytery, and then we have uh, a church in Greenville that's overseeing the work, and and as well we have about twelve supporting churches that are always inquiring, always asking for reports, yes. and uh, wanting to know what's going on. And so uh, that's part of the busyness of a church planter is being actively uh, in communication with all of these different 
governing bodies and and congregations that right. love us and want to support us, but yes. also want to know what's going on and and uh, and to know how things are going. I just spent an entire day actually writing a uh, a report for our mm. supporting churches and. Um, Probably report was longer than it needed to be, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it it will help communicate what the Lord is doing in our midst. Well, that's wonderful. Now, w- with all of that being the case, um, you did mention that the the way that things are set up now is provisional. Uh, we we don't want to be a mission church forever, um, and yet at the same time, we don't want to rush things and get ahead of ourselves. So, what what do we look forward to? Uh, what um, what should we be uh, expecting as far as getting uh, officers in-house, uh, ordaining, training men uh, to lead this church so that we can become a particularized church of the PCA? Yes, that's a that's a great question. And a lot of people wonder about that who are involved with church plants. Now, some church plants uh, are moving fairly s- slowly in terms sure. of growth and sure. uh, the, the expectations may be fairly low or modest in regard to leadership because people look around and they only see you know 25 or 30 people right. and the growth isn't quite as as uh, as as strong as as in other situations uh, like our own where we have seen uh, a lot of blessing over the last two years yes. in terms of membership currently we have 148 members we have more that are looking to join and um, so People have been asking, you know, when when are we going to have officers? Right. And in a lot of ways, our church looks like a more mature church. It's been around for a while. We have staff. We have morning and evening worship. We have all kinds of functions taking place. Several yes. Bible weekly Bible studies and uh, uh, social times, picnics. That's right. And so people will ask, when when are we going to have officers? Well, it's a good question. But what everybody needs to keep in mind is that. Um, Paul gives some very helpful advice to Timothy in 1 Timothy, which is a pastoral epistle that teaches us how to essentially, uh, it teaches us about the nature of the church and how it ought to be run uh, by by the grace of God. But he says in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 22, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. Mm. And it's just previous to this in chapter 3 that he gives the qualifications for elders and deacons. And even right. there in First Timothy 3, he speaks about an elder should not be a recent convert. Mm. And I think there's not only an application there about being a recent convert to Christianity, but also being a recent convert to Reformed doctrine. Right, right. Yeah, the Reformed, uh, Reformed doctrine and Reformed tradition is not really something that someone can sort of apprehend and, and, and comprehend um, very quickly when they haven't been swimming in those waters for a while. It, it seems that you want men to be comfortable and competent uh, in that doctrine um, if they're going to be in any sort of leadership position. Absolutely. Uh, the elders are the ones who must be apt to teach, according right. to First Timothy 3. They are the teachers and uh, those who guard the doctrine of the church. That's their role. That's their calling. And yes. so to bring yes. men into a position too early would be uh, potentially hazardous. And so uh, in the book of Titus, we have more of these qualifications for elders. It says in verse 9 of chapter 1, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. 
Yes. So to be an elder, you really need to be competent not only to teach reform doctrine, but also uh, to def to uh, correct and rebuke that That's which right. is false, which could lead people into uh, unbiblical categories. Yes, and it would seem that uh, as as well as uh, or in addition to the the aspect of doctrine, which of course is uh, crucial, it, it, the, it, we can't overstate the necessity of the leaders of the church being those who um, believe and understand and, and defend uh, biblical doctrine and, uh, and, and teaching, but also just godliness and, and uh, yes. personal piety and those sorts of things. It would seem that the admonition that, that Paul gives Timothy there not to be too hasty might uh, have some reasoning with that as well. There's no doubt. Uh, it takes time to get to know uh, the men of the church. Yes. It takes time to see the patterns in their lives. Um, really, anyone could uh, give off an air of piety for six months, a year. But the question is, through the seasons of life, through difficulties, through right. suffering, right. through uh, the various struggles in life, uh, recognizing whether a man's marriage is healthy, uh, all of these things you you don't discover within six months or a year. It no. actually takes a good bit of time. In fact, in my previous congregation, I, I made mention to, to Marla that after about the five or six year mark, I mentioned to her, I really feel like I'm getting to know people. Like really, you've 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 walked through life with people mm. at that point, and and uh, really, it's in terms of timing. To be particularized as a constituted church of the PCA after three years is actually fast. That's right. Yeah, a lot of churches would just in, in God's providence, they would not be in a place where they could even consider particularizing at that point. And we know God works differently at different times and different places, right. but um, it, it, it still even, you know, the three-year mark would, would be very, very fast, wouldn't I, it? When I share with our supporting churches that we're looking to particularize at, at year three, and um, I mean, you know, after three years to be a constituted church of the PCA, they they look at me with uh, surprise. Sort of disbelief, you mean? Yeah, they're, they're so excited and uh, almost in disbelief that after three years we could be a self-supporting constituted church of the PCA with elders and deacons. Uh, it's, it's wonderful what it the is, Lord has done. It's a testimony to um, God's work here and, and what he's been doing. So so we don't, we don't want to be too hasty. Um, and we also, there probably could be fault on the other end too, couldn't there, of waiting too long. What would... What would that look like? Absolutely. I mean, you'll you'll have or you'll hear about examples of uh, a church planter carrying on for five, six, seven, eight years without a session, and it becomes pretty evident that he's happy to kind of uh, run the show, run the show on his own, and uh, doesn't really want to work with others. Or, or some I've heard that will actually get a session of elders. And then it becomes evident to the elders that he doesn't really want to work with other people. Right. And it becomes a real issue uh, because the pastor is not mutually submitting himself to the session. Right. And so uh, one must be careful about both of those things. As you said, one is particularizing too early, getting too zealous to particularize after 18 months. And then all of a sudden, the people you thought you knew aren't. Aren't the people you thought you yeah, knew. Yeah, right. you thought you knew. And then you have the other issue where if you wait too long, you begin to show that you're really not interested in, in, in having a, 
uh, elders in the church right um, with with leadership proper leadership and it's it's important too because when you think about the weight of shepherding people's souls uh, you want to to labor with yes. brothers on that and yes. and I leaving a wonderful session of elders at Grace Church who are seasoned and and loved the people and really did shepherd the souls of the flock to leave that and to come here and it to be really on on me and on you to do this for a congregation of almost 150 members right it's a heavy burden and I, I look so forward to Amen. having brothers share that burden and shepherd the flock you know the wonderful conversation between Jesus and Peter when yes. Jesus asked Peter in John 21 uh, Peter do you love, love me, me. And uh, Peter responds, well, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, well, what? Feed, said, my sheep. feed my sheep. And then tend my lambs. And then feed, feed my, my sheep. sheep. So three times the Lord asks him. Three times Peter answers in the affirmative. And then three times Jesus exhorts him to, to shepherd the flock and to feed them with, with the word. So the work of the elder is so incredibly important. Of course, as uh, being in the PCA, we believe that uh, the office of elder is is distinguished in two different ways. One, teaching elder, right. which would be the full-time pastors, right. and one would be a ruling elder, which would be those who have callings, uh, various vocations, but would serve as under-shepherds in the church, ruling, teaching, and overseeing uh, yes. the local church. We have that distinction. Uh, don't we in first timothy chapter uh, 5 where it says in verse 17 let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching and so yes. there is the office of elder basically uh, divided into two different roles um, yes equal in, in in power as in church power and decision making, but there's a distinction in terms of what they're responsibility doing. Responsibility, particular calling. Now, as we wrap up here, just um, one last thing that we probably should mention is that while the uh, elders and a session and a diaconate are of vital importance for any church of any age, when you're dealing with a church plant, there there's a, a sort of a different level of uh, importance as far as that first group. Um, of of leaders yes and uh, maybe you want to speak about that for just a moment oh there's just so much that could be said on that but very briefly you want those leaders uh, to be all in yes uh, you want these these leaders I mean always any leaders that are brought into the leadership of the church but when you think about the first elders of a local church of a church plant the first deacons uh, for the health, uh, the long-term health and growth and blessing of that church, these elders and these deacons uh, must be qualified according to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. They must be those who are committed enough to be able to say to the rest of the flock, follow me as I follow Christ, Christ. in their personal piety, in their giving, their financial giving, it is often the case that uh, those who are on the fringes of church life, uh, that those who are really not committed outwardly, you don't see a whole lot of commitment, those are the ones that aren't committed with their giving either. Right. And so really those, I would encourage all pastors and church planters that uh, they, would, they would never let anyone come on a leadership of, of a session or a diaconate 
without knowing that they are committed financially to the church as well. That's right. It's, it's the old put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think what we see with when we think through the, a church plant and the nature of um, ordaining the first officers, there's a trajectory that's going to be set and a foundation that's going to be laid. Yes. And if that foundation and that trajectory are, are off, then it will have dire consequences uh, for the years to come. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, I've always said to our uh, elders in my previous church and, and when I have the opportunity to encourage others, um, your church will, will only go so far as your leadership in That's terms right. of health and spirituality and godliness and piety uh, and conviction. Uh, your, your church will rarely go beyond uh, the, the, the health and commitment of your own leadership. And so you want to make sure, and, and again, that does not happen within 18 months no. you, you people go through different seasons of life and and the older you get the more you realize that too I mean now that I'm in my 40s I have seen seasons of life the different yes. periods where children are different ages and and marriages go through different struggles and right. and and people move and they transition in life and so it really it takes a little time to get to know the hearts and true commitments of your members and particularly those who are potential leaders right. because the person who you thought may have been a leader uh, you suddenly realized that that would have been a big mistake because you've recognized the level of commitment that they had was was not strong that's right well this has been a, a wonderful discussion as we have once again considered God's Word on some very important issues and we hope that you will join us again next time as uh, we continue discussing uh, wonderful things from God's Word on Between the Times.